thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Cosign Conversations. This is a special edition. This is Relationships with Money. And today we have Terry Ijeoma. She's an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Trade and Travel. And she has a number one class on Teachable. That's amazing. Oh, last but not least, she recently became uh, 40 under 40 in finance for Black Enterprise. Congratulations, Terry Ijeoma. How are you doing today? Thanks so much. Thanks, KG. I appreciate that. It's so cool to be on that list. Like, I could not believe the other people that were on the list. That was crazy. And some superstars. And you're right there as you should be. But yeah, I seen Steph Curry was on there. Uh, there's another Dallas native, uh, Tashara Parker. I seen a lot of amazing people on there. How do you feel about being on that list? It is an honor. I feel completely privileged. I'm so excited to be seen. You know, as entrepreneurs, we do so much work behind the scenes, like pushing our audiences, building courses, making sure that everybody's taken care of. So it it really felt like just a nod to say, okay, Terry, we see you. You're doing a good job. Keep going. Like, thanks for raising the bar. So totally appreciate the Black Enterprise scene, but then Selena Hill for even putting me on that list. I just, I'm just really thankful. That's amazing. Can you, can you pinpoint when you seen like the trajectory, the trajectory of like entrepreneurs becoming more, you know, popular and more accepted? Because I want to say at first it was the celebrities, the entertainers, the artists, but there was like a certain time towards like now the entrepreneurs are the new stars. Can you kind of pinpoint when that transition happened to you? I left my job as an assistant principal in 2018. And I think 2019, I start seeing the momentum for the entrepreneur because the market hadn't fallen yet. We were all just, you know, building out online courses. So I think the idea of being online and even finance being online really picked up in 2019. And I'm sure, though, there's some OGs that are like, nah, Terry, it happened way before the year. Right. <laughs> at least that's when I saw it, that 2019 seemed to be the year. And then 2020 was one of those, if you had it in place, then it just took off for you. Yeah. But you had to be ready. And that's yeah. what I would even tell anybody coming on this call. Like, now is the time to get ready. So, or what they say, be ready so you don't have to get ready. Like, yeah. this is the time. Exactly. That's a good segue because this theme for this episode, I want to call um, Dead Presidents, How to Build a Profitable Stock Portfolio. So we're going to be talking about dead presidents. And when I talk, to, when I talk about finances, there's like four parts I want to make sure we cover today. That's mental health and money, um, motivation and mindset, financial freedom, and then your relationship with money. So, you know, to get started, uh, I'm going to do an icebreaker and then we're going to go into relationships with money. Okay. okay. That way people get to know it. <laughs> All right, so trade and travel. So you have to tell us three of your favorite places to travel and why. Tel Aviv, that's in Israel. I loved it. Like it's a mix between Miami and mm. Chicago. And like, I never would have expected that because I like reading the Bible and I just thought it was still going to be old times. Jesus's cousins were going to be walking around <laughs> in right. like <laughs> old clothes. But it was like, no, we are out here. We built up the world just like everybody else. The food was amazing. So I love Tel Aviv. I actually really love Sydney, especially for the, the new year. I, I was on a boat actually seeing the fireworks on the, the bridge in Sydney. And that's the most beautiful experience I've ever had. And then actually Thailand too. Thailand was beautiful. There's so many places like Greece was great. There's so many places, but 
in my mind right now, I really, like, I really remember us putting all these lanterns into the sky. They, they had this festival. It's like a lantern festival. And everybody came from the whole city. I was in Chiang Mai. We all came. We blew up our, our lanterns and then let them off. And the whole city was there. That was a beautiful experience, too. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So we have Tel Aviv, Sydney, and Thailand. Mm-hmm. Got those down. Every, every time you ask me, I'm probably going to change my list. <laughs> So I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that place. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one's a little deep, but we're going to lighten it up again. Would you rather have love or loyalty? Ooh. And you can't have both? Not for this question. <laughs> love. Okay. I think, ooh. I think for me, love. Okay. But I think my expectation is that those who love me will be loyal because to me, like the definition of love is knowing someone so well that you would kind of put them before yourself. Mm, and that. you can't do that without being loyal to them, mm. is my thought. I get what you're saying. I would say the opposite, though. I'm gonna really? tell you, yeah, I'm gonna say loyalty because we all have family members who love us. But doesn't necessarily mean they'll be loyal to us. If they have an opportunity that maybe benefits them more than it does, you know, the group, they may take that for themselves, which may cause them to be unloyal. They can still love us, but you know, they have moments of you know unloyalty. So that's true. I can see that. Yeah. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, you know, but that's, that's that is true. It's interesting. And I've had some family members like that. No. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> all right, so the next one, I got two more icebreakers. Don't get into it. Your favorite movie of all time? Loving Basketball. Okay. Watched that movie so many times. <laughs> I thought I was Sinalathan. I was like, oh, that's me. And then yeah. my friend, one of my best friends, he lived down the street from me. So we kind of said that, that was us, right. even though we didn't end up getting married or nothing. But still, <laughs> we were like, oh, I walked down the street to your house just like you walked down the street. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I dated a girl who played basketball and tried to reenact some moments, but it didn't. <laughs> Y'all were out there in the backyard playing, playing, uh, yeah, we were playing like, was it, what's the name of the game? Like playing to five or something. Oh, five, either horse or playing to five. Horse. <laughs> playing those. Okay. And then the segue, what was the first stock you ever bought? I think it was the internet of all things. I think it was Cisco, Cisco Systems. I thought, well, the internet's going to take over everything. And this was 2010. And they kept saying internet of things, internet of things. And at the time, you could call overseas without having to pay. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have that now called WhatsApp. But we didn't have that back then. (laughs) Um, But it didn't work out well. That's that stock (laughs) going down. It, It... mess me all up but <laughs> that was the first one that was the first one okay so that kind of brings me into this part so relationships with money so talk to us about you know um through your career growing up what has your relationship with money been like has it been positive has it been negative how'd you learn about finances and money um to even in 20 and even 2010 to even be thinking about buying a stock yeah i grew up in a in a house of scarcity and oh. in a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and the truth was it was It was true. We didn't have a lot. So we always bought on coupons. If it wasn't on sale, we didn't buy it. 
my mom kind of struggled with me. So it was my mom and my grandmother trying to make ends meet to take care of me. So we didn't have a lot. And I think that just colored my whole world. Even going into every situation, I did it based on money. It was, what was the salary? It wasn't about, did you like the job? It was like, do you get paid? Oh, do you have a title because you can get paid? Every decision was based on future pay. Right. Oh, you got to go to school so that you can go to get paid. <laughs> like every decision, even your time. Well, I can't do that because I got to go to work. Like Every decision was based on money and not having enough or trying to get more of it. Yes. And I think now how that plays out, even as a, as an investor, I have money, but there'll be times where I don't let myself really enjoy life because I'm thinking, well, what if I lose it? Or I got to do this thing, even though I don't really like it. I still got to take this meeting. I got to do this, I don't know, event because right. it leads to more money. I haven't been able, now Now I'm better, but there was a while where I, I couldn't let go of the idea of you got to keep doing stuff just to be able to get more. No, that's that's important. What do you think uh, helped you get to that point to where now you're comfortable enough to, you know, uh, not take certain opportunities because you're putting yourself and your happiness first? I realized that I was the owner of my business, but I still had a job. I didn't have time freedom. And everything that we do is to have more freedom. We talk about it all the time on internet. Everything is, you know, work from home, live your own life, do your own thing. But I didn't feel like I had that. I, I now had new bosses. The new bosses were my audience, my, my students. I had to show up every week to the call. I had to make sure that I was doing the email. I had to do this launch. Like everything just felt like I'm not free. I'm, I'm chained to my business. And when I started realizing that I, I had all this, but I still was living chained up, mentally chained up, then I said, no, this is not okay. Let me let this go. That's important. Uh, we hear a lot about times, a lot of times people, entrepreneurs, they're still like tied to a job. They just get, um, they're just working for themselves, but it's still a job. So they even have that freedom is super important. Um, one thing I like about your tagline that I see all the time is you teach people how to make a thousand dollars a day. Right. In uh, a day. Let's be clear. In a day. In a day. Doesn't have to be every oh. day. <laughs> when you do it, you can realize a thousand dollars of profit. <laughs> In a day. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. So our audience is typically 25 to 40 uh, entrepreneurs who own a business, maybe two to six years. They have some, they have income, they're making money, um, but they're trying to learn what to do with this. So that's a lot of our audience, right? So let's talk about this, the basics of investing. Right. What are some things you'll tell people to help them get started um, to even be able to make a thousand dollars in a day? Sure. These are the things I wish I knew when I first got started. And they're they're the the weeks in my course. Okay. First of all, you have to learn how to pick the right companies. And here I'll tell you, tell them to you, then I'll come back. So you have to learn how to pick the right companies. Okay. Then you have to learn how to have some risk management. And for a long time, I've been trading now 12 years. For a long time, I didn't have a risk management plan. And I feel like there's a lot of people this year who would say the same thing, like, Terry, I lost a lot. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. A, a lot of us have because we just didn't have a risk management plan. They just felt like it was going to keep going up to the moon and never fall, right? And And to tell you the truth, I think that's the fault of a lot of influencers never saying that this that there was a time limit, that there is a season. 
yes, 2020 was great. It lasted through 2021, but now we're getting kind of like it's the season ended, but right. no one said, hey, this may not last forever, right? Um, but you have to learn risk management. Then number three, you have to learn how to read charts so that you can get in at the right time. Yeah. It might be a wonderful company, but you get in at the wrong time and you still lose. So how do you find out when's the right time to get in? Having a trading plan is number four. That's like a set set of rules that you follow every time you take a trade. Okay. What that does is it eliminates your emotions. Okay. Like a lot of a lot of traders, and I would say even myself, there's times where you take a trade, but it's really just because you heard something or maybe you had this feeling. The trading plan takes that all away. It's like, I don't care what you're feeling, but this <laughs> This is what the trading plan says. Mm -hmm. So that's important. And then as a more advanced trader, I think you got to learn how to make money on the way down. So that's short selling. And I do encourage people to learn how to trade options. It's a more advanced thing. You can lose a lot of money in it, but it is also very helpful. Okay. That's amazing. So let's go through some of these because I didn't have a risk management plan. I just learned about stop losses. I wish I would have had those. Um, so the, when it comes to risk management, um, what are some things they can do to get started in this? I know one that you talk about is the stop loss. Is that the main one or what other things can they do to make sure that, you know, they have some type of risk management in place? Sure. Stop losses are, are huge. That's the first. Being able to even know what that is. Like you said, I didn't even know what it was. It's yeah. an order type that you can put in at a certain price and say, hey, if it hits this, get me out. And what that does is it also helps with the emotion part, because if you just let that sit in the computer, you can do an order called good till canceled. So it just sits in the computer. No matter what happens, if you go to work, you're busy, you're not paying attention. When it hits that, it will take you out. And that, that saved a lot of people a lot of money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are also scared to put them in because they feel like, oh, man, what if it hits it and then it goes back up? Hey, yeah. but it's but it would have protected you if it kept going down. So either way, it's still good to have. Right. Another thing is reward to risk ratio. Being able to calculate ahead of time, how much upside do I potentially have on this and how much downside? A lot of people get into trades and they have no idea where they were planning to get out and they have no idea what their risk is on the downside. Again, they're just optimistic, like, oh, this is going to keep going up. Sure. <laughs> If, if 2022 has taught us anything, we know that it can go down. <laughs> For sure. And it can be a great company. Like my one of my favorites is Amazon. Amazon has taken a tumble this year. A lot of tech has taken a tumble this year. And it's still a good company, but along with the market, everything's fallen. So yeah. just knowing that that's an, a possibility will help you. I think um, a lot of times entrepreneurs get worries because like myself, I, I'm thinking long-term, but then a lot of times when I'm researching, I'm learning or I'm hearing about, you know, day traders, swing traders, um, and then buying holes. And I kind of get confused and so does my community. So it's like, when is a good time to be a swing trader? When is it a good time to be a long-term investor just buy and hold? Or like, when do you recommend which for, for people, I would say? I think you can do both. So I don't think you have to choose, but there's different rules for each. If you are a long-term investor, your strategy is I'm going to try to get companies when they're inexpensive and I'm going to hold them for a while and sell them when they're expensive. 
If that's the case, though, you're just looking for really healthy companies that you feel like you can hold for the long term. But either way, you're still trying to get them at a decent price. So I think whether you're a long term or short term, if you feel like they've come down and they've started to become cheaper, that's when you want to buy the stock. You don't want to buy it after a run up, even if you're a long term investor. Gotcha. That makes sense. So right now is a good time for long-term investors because many stocks have come down. The Dow last week, I know, I'm not sure when this will air, but it was at its like 52-week low. So it's important that you say, hey, if the whole market is down, maybe there's some good companies in here that are down just because of the market, but not because the, of their company. Right. So that's the thing for long-term investors. I think there's a por portion of your portfolio that you can put towards that and you don't have to feel bad about it. Honestly, though, I do think with recession, you're going to have an opportunity to get some of these at even lower prices. So I don't think you have to jump in right away. I think you have some time to get some of these good companies as they're coming down. Recessions can last like 18 months. So if we're in the first half of a recession, you still got, you know, a year almost before it can really bottom and you see a turnaround. So that's long-term investing. You just want to buy the best companies and hold them. Short-term investing, we think about control, but we're thinking about like we have to have the best price because we're going to be trading in and out of this quickly. Okay. So that means for a short-term investor, it doesn't matter too much if the company is as healthy. This is, I personally always try to pick healthy companies, but just telling you, telling you the difference. As a short-term investor, volatility is good for us. Um, times where the market is up or down is good for us because we can make money on the way down. We can make money on the way up. Times where the market is going kind of sideways is not as fun for us because we don't, it doesn't move. Right. We're right now, we're making the most money when we short sell. If you're a, if you're a short term trader, if you only know how to make money on the way up, recessions are not good for you as a trader. Okay. Define um, for us too, if you don't mind. Define which one? Short sale. Short sale. Short sale is making money as a stock goes down. So you are, you're going to be purchasing, like entering the trade at a high price as a sell. And then as the stock goes down, you'll buy it back, but you still make the difference. Oh, okay. Got it. It's kind of like, you know, when a house, have you ever heard of like a house short, short selling a house? I have. And, like a house normally is at a high price, but in a short sale, they're selling it and you can get it at a lower price. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. You're, 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 you're making money based on it coming down versus on it going up. Gotcha. Okay. And um, so a lot of times when people look at the charts, uh, which is a, a, a sign of how the stock is doing, um, I've heard people go by 200 day trading averages. Some go by 30 days. Like what's a, a good I guess, amount of time to look at when you're looking at a stock? Well, that's an indicator. There's the 200-day moving average or the 50-day moving average. I actually don't look at any of those. I'm looking at formations and candlesticks. So I'm looking at price movement. Where has there been a big price drop? Price kind of went sideways and then went back up again because something happened right there when there was that change in direction or vice versa. Where was there a time where stock was going crazy and then all of a sudden it stopped and started going back down then that's a place where I'm thinking there might be some sellers so I, I actually don't look at indicators so I couldn't couldn't tell you that much on those gotcha that makes sense um so I know uh indexes and ETFs are, are pretty safe 
Um, it's basically like a, a package of companies, right? You would say. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the difference between the index and the ETF, if there is one? Well, with the index, the index is like the overall market. So you have like three major indexes. You have the Dow, which is the top 30 companies. That's like McDonald's. Um, I believe Goldman Sachs is in there. The top 30 companies in the U.S. are in the Dow. And they tell us that that is the overall market. Right. That's an index. Then you have the NASDAQ, which is an index. The NASDAQ is most technology companies. Most of the 100 technology companies are in the NASDAQ. Then you have the, um, I got to say QQQ, but that's the NASDAQ. But then you have the S&P 500. The S&P 500 is the top 500 companies. So those are indexes, like big, big groups of companies. And you actually can't trade an index with a regular, like a regular stock. The only way to trade an index is to, to trade it in options or in an ETF. Gotcha. So like that's the difference. Like it's a, it's a pool and people look at it, but you can't really trade it well. ETF, on the other hand, has those same stocks or groups of stock groups of companies, but it's traded like a stock. So you can invest in it, you can buy it, you can sell it, you can do options on it on an ETF. But they usually move the same, but you can actually trade them. And do you recommend ETFs for like beginners to get started so they can get like you know a wide variety of stocks at one time, or what kind of do you tell beginners? I do. I think you should go to CNBC and look at the different sectors. Or you can go to spider ETFs. That's um they don't when you're Googling it, they don't spell spider all the way out. There's like S P D R ETF. <laughs> they like skip some some vowels, mm -hmm. but they have ETFs by each sector. So there's a healthcare one, a technology one, a um everyone, in industrials, energy. If you're thinking about like I want to invest in just healthcare, then investing in that that ETF may be better than picking a single stock. That's another thing though where I say if you're a trader, you may want to look at that ETF, see the biggest holdings in it, and then decide I'm going to pick one of these companies that's doing the best and just trade it. Mm -hmm. As a longer term investor though, you may say, okay, I want to have exposure to this whole area, so I'm going to invest in the whole area for a long term. Gotcha. And like you said, if you want to do both, you could possibly do both. Focus on one. <laughs> that makes sense. <clears throat> um, so on the internet, they talk a lot about different brokerages accounts, how they some people say Robinhood is not a good one. Um, are there any specific brokerage accounts people should use that you recommend or are, you know, TD good, Robinhood good, Swab, are they all good? They do the same thing. What do you recommend? You need one that has really good customer service. You need one that has fast entry times. You need one that doesn't break down when there's a lot of volatility. You need one. <laughs> so because of that fact, right now, Robinhood is, is kind of not the best on the list because it's broken down a couple of times. So we need one that's reliable. We're talking about loyalty. We need one that's reliable and loyal. <laughs> um, you also need one that has better tools. So like when I think about TD Ameritrade, Interactive Brokers, TradeStation, they're built for traders. So their, their charting technology is better. Their, um, their order types, like order types means when I get into a trade, I can tell the computer, I want to get in at this exact price. Or a market order would say, whatever price it's at, just get me in. Um, you could also get out. There's 
orders on how to get out. You can have a stop order. That's the one we talked about that says, if it comes to here, get me out. You can do a trailing stop that says, hey, as the price of the stock is moving, let me also um, have my stop move. There's more order types on more robust platforms too. Yes. So the ones I told you have better order order types too. Okay. Um, and I know you talk a lot about having trading goals. I heard that in one of your podcasts, having trading goals. Can you talk about the importance of that? Because I know there was a time, uh, it was on the Social Proof podcast where you talk about if you had 100% return, you did good. Like, why why would you still stay in? Like, sell, you made 100% return. But like people have these mindsets where like they just want to get rich. So they're thinking it's going to go up. So kind of talk to us about the importance of having those trading goals going into it. I need to call Shans. <laughs> I, I think he was in crypto or something. Yeah, I need to call him and ask him, did yeah. you get out? Because I have a feeling yeah. <laughs> he did it. His position is probably, it cut in half right now because he was too greedy. Yeah. I think having a goal allows you to have a place where you can exit and feel good about it. When you become like an active trader, you know this, KG, when you, when you start trading and you start seeing some money made, all of a sudden some greed starts kicking in. Well, let me just get a little bit more. And there's no exit. But when you have a goal, you can say, no, I'm trading to get this car. So when I make every thousand dollars or every five hundred dollars, I'm going to actually take that profit so that that's a car payment. Right now you're excited about it. Like, dang, I just paid a month of my car bill. Let's go. But if you just let it sit in there, there's no end in sight and it's easier to start losing it because you'll start doing riskier trades when your account is bigger. You won't start thinking about like, this is actually what really happens. All of this, all of this is just personal. <laughs> I know it happens because I've I've had it happen. You start seeing these bigger wins, like, oh man, I just made a million dollars. Now I have a day where I make a hundred thousand and I'm like, oh, that ain't nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But because all of a sudden you used to have this, now the things, the smaller gains don't don't feel big. And then that's when you really are like, well, let me just get one more dollar and then end up losing the whole hundred thousand and mad. Like what yeah. happened? I'll used to, and then you're like thinking of all the things you could have done with that money. Like, Oh, I could have, I could have bought a house. I <laughs> For sure. I, I know what you mean. I got greedy with Ethereum. I was like, man, mm. more. And then it started going down, down, down. I'm like, man, I knew I should have got out, but listen to Listening to friends, I stayed in and now I'm like Shans. <laughs> yes, that's that's another piece of advice that I think people need to remember. A long-term investor might buy and hold. And as their money is coming down, then they may stay in it. And the, the advice that's always given is, oh, don't worry, it'll come back. That's some long-term <laughs> philosophy that right. should not apply to you if you're trying to make money in five years or less. Mm, okay. If you're, if you're at some point wanting to use this and we talk about goals, if, if you had some goal in mind of what you wanted to use this for, then you should not be of the mindset, oh, it'll turn around. I'm watching it go down, but it'll be. No, as soon as you start seeing it going down, you got to get out of that, take your profit and use it towards whatever that five-year goal was. Because mm. right now we're in a recession, what, which means that it may take us a long time to get back to where we were. So for all those people that are just sitting on some stuff like, oh, it'll come back. It might sit there for another year. 
or two or three. So if you have some profits, you might want to take a little bit. And I know I'm always going to get the backlash from somebody who's on the other side. Don't tell them to sell. You're never supposed to sell. It's not a loss until you take the noble. You lost it. It's already lost. So just take your cash so that you can make a better decision if it comes down more. No, that's that's a trader perspective. No, that, that's it. That's important. So for somebody who's made a um, million dollars in a year, uh, a month, a, a week, a day, um, what does financial freedom look like for you? I'm still working on it to tell you the truth. Like mindset is financial freedom. Like I've got to get free in my mind. You know, we always have that dream of like, what would you do if money was not an issue? And I think I'm still working on allowing myself to live into that. It's like, Terry, money's not an issue for you anymore, but you still act stuck. Like you still act like, dang, but I got to do this. And, you know, I got to, I can't let that opportunity go by. So I'm still working into it. I'll tell you, I'm a work in progress, but I'm I'm working towards truly being free enough to say, hey, if money was not an object, what do you want to do? And I'm I'm figuring it out. No, that's that's important. Um, do you think edu- being an educator in your past made you a better entrepreneur and, and trade and trader? And oh, what definitely. did you learn from you know in education that applies to you know your trading and entrepreneurship? I learned how to talk to different types of people Mm. there are some even in a classroom you have to figure out how am I going to deliver this to my people who are auditory learners how do I deliver this to the people who have to see it written down how do I deliver this and you know you're you're trying to think of special ways to get to each person I think as as an entrepreneur I'm still thinking of that okay how do I talk to my audience that is just a beginner what about those advanced people that have been doing this for a minute what about the people who lost recently you can't come and talk to them about let's make all this money they're like I need to figure out how to get my money back (laughs) Um, so I think being able to talk to different audiences is important I I was also a, a pastor and I think that's a different type of teacher we are I'm ministerial and I'm thinking about empathy. I'm thinking about like how to change lives. I think that's important too. I've brought that to trade and travel. Just the idea that like, these are people first. I'm not trying to get over. I don't have like, oh, I got to make this money and let me just tell them. No, there are so many offers that I could have done, but I'm, it just wasn't wasn't good for my audience. It wouldn't help anybody and it wouldn't help me. <laughs> and I'm thinking like even now there's been some, well, Terry, you know, if you could do a $100,000 offer, you could do, you know, this challenge or this upsell. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to make sure that the, the people who need me have me. That's important. That's extremely important. And a lot of what you said kind of goes back into mental health because like you do have some people like that. I can't afford to lose this money. You know, like I'm trying to get ahead. Like some people, when they come from a place of survival and they don't have a lot of money, it's hard for them to have the mental capacity to learn something new that could change their lives. So like, what would you tell that person who um, to get out of that mindset and, you know, to, to just to start to kind of help them get into trading? Because like I said, they don't, they're afraid to lose, but they may have a little something to play with, but they're afraid to lose it because they're coming from, you know, a poor mindset. I'm going to put on my principal hat right now. So I just took off my nice person, nice Terry hat. I'm going to put on my like coach Terry hat. Okay. One, if you're afraid to lose your money, then don't try this. 
don't trade. Trading, your first trade, you're probably going to lose. And it takes time. A lot of people get into trading and they think that, oh, you know, in a week, I'm going to I'm going to be rich. I'm gonna, this is going to just blow up. No, it took a, at least a year for me to get consistent from the time that I said I'm going to do this full time to the time that I quit my job. So you need to have a year of some type of support. Don't don't quit your job yet. Like stay in that job. <laughs> You're probably going to also need that job to fund you because there's going to be some times where your account gets low as a trader. And if you're an active investor, which means that you've traded more than three day trades within a five day period, you have to have $25,000 in your account. And if you go below 25,000, they won't let you trade anymore. So then you're going to try to figure out, well, how do I put more money into my account in, in order to trade again? So if you're worried about losing, trading is not for you. And I, yeah, that's new for me to even say. I think there was a time where I was like, no, everybody can do it. And everyone can. In terms of like the, uh, the ability to press enter, press sell, the ability to actually look at a stock and see the stock go up or down in price. Everyone, I think, has the ability to do that. However, if you don't have the mental capacity to lose, then it may not be for you. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's hard. Ooh, that's, that, that feels hard for me to even right. say because I want everybody to, to enjoy this, but I know that for some, it's not going to be the right thing. No, for sure. I mean, what, what they say is the same thing, like investing, gambling, everything. Don't don't put in what you're afraid that you're going to lose. Like if, if you're already in the mindset that you're going to lose it, then it isn't for you because you yeah. need to have the mindset to if you lost it, it doesn't affect you moving forward. So no, that, that makes sense. Um, now, KG, can I say one thing, though, for those people that are on the fence? Yeah. Like there are some people that no matter what you've been hearing about investing, you've been wanting to learn about it. For you that are on the fence, I would say you can do it. Just make sure that you're in a class like trade and travel or some kind of course where you are learning beforehand. Because if you get in there and just try to figure it out all by yourself or just try to throw it all into one trade, then that's a higher probability that you lose. But there are ways for you to start making small gains on a regular basis and really see more profit than your 401k or someone else investing the money for you so for you i would say go for it but if you're you know really scared right now or i've had some people like kg what's what's wrong what i think is wrong is when somebody is on their last dime and then they say well terry i don't have anything i'm sleeping in my car um, um, you know, I just lost everything, but I'm going to invest. That's probably not the best mindset. Like investing is one mental. So right. if you are under a lot of stress from your life, then taking a trade, you're not, it's not going to be very profitable. There's it's low likelihood that it'll be very profitable. Also, if you don't have a lot, you might need to work on first budgeting and building up your account before you start trading. Yes. So I want to, that's, that's tough love. Like I said, usually I'm the like happy go lucky, let's go. But I do think in this season, we got to be real. I want those that are realistic to join me in trading, but those that are, are, you know, not in as good of a place, then you might want to hold on. That makes sense. I mean, you have to, you have to give both sides. You got to be the nice one, but you also got to be the principal let to know like, Hey, this is what can happen. If you touch the stove, sometimes you will get burnt. Yes, <laughs> exactly. 
right? So, so let's say this, let's say somebody's budgeting to be able to, to buy the course, right? And I don't want to give too much information because they should get the course, of course. But I will say this, when looking at a company, I feel like people get discouraged because they don't know what exactly to look at to, to make the sound decision if this company is a good company. Of course, we can say, hey, if you use this company every day, then it's more likely a company you should invest in. But what are some like some some things within a company that you look at that you can kind of tell people to do your research on before purchasing it? Like if I was going to buy Apple or something or, you know, Amazon, what do you what should they look into that company to see if it's you know a good company to buy into? One, I don't like penny stocks. So if it's less than $10, I don't think it's a very healthy company. And there's quite a few companies lately that have gone under $10. That includes a lot of the cannabis stocks have gone under $10. Some of the semiconductors have come down. Even the airlines recently have been coming down pretty low. So just be careful. If it starts going under 10, that's probably not the most healthy company. And, and that's different than what you'll probably hear from some other people. Some people say, oh, man, it's on sale. It's gone down in price. This is the time. If it's under $10, that means that big money like banks and hedge funds have not thought that it is strong enough to actually put money into buying their stock. Mm. Okay? So if it's too low, then don't get it. Another thing is you want to look for companies that move at least, as a trader, move at least a dollar a day. Okay. There's a lot of blue chip companies that kind of move a couple cents a day. That's not going to actually help grow your account. Mm -hmm. So look at, I know you all don't know charts. That's another reason to get in the course. But even just looking at CNBC, look at some of these companies and say, okay, on a regular basis, is it going anywhere or is it just going sideways? Mm -hmm. There's some companies, I want to say, is it Verizon? Check out some of the tele, telestock companies and then just, just run it by what I'm, this advice I'm giving you. There's a couple companies where if you look at them over time, they have literally gone nowhere. They've just been going sideways. And it's a great company. A ton of people have it, but it's not really helping your portfolio. So pay attention to that. Usually I would say look for things that are on an uptrend, but in 2022, that's really tough to find. So a lot of companies that are good companies are not on an uptrend. So I say, instead of that, I think you need to start listening to the earnings reports. They come out once a quarter, the companies tell you how they're doing. They tell you about their revenue. They tell you about their profit and loss statements. They tell you about what's coming up in the future. Listen to them. If they say, hey, we see everything going well, even though our stock price is down, we think everything's cool, you can probably still invest in them. Mm -hmm. I know something like those telecommunication coming at AT&T, like a dividend stock. What are your thoughts on dividend stocks as a trader or long-term? I heard like people by saying, you know, get income and buy income. That's been like a trendy thing right now, right? So for your portfolio, are dividend stocks something they should include or what are your thoughts on that? If you are a longer term investor, dividends are good because you can just hold on to the stock and it'll still pay you out. But that again means you got to just be convicted on what is your strategy. If your strategy is I'm not really making money on the, the stock, just the dividend payment, go for that, but stick with it. Don't do it for a quarter and then switch right. over. Oh, no, now I'm a trader and I'm getting in and out because then you're not in for the dividend or, oh, now I'm, you know, I see the price going down. So I'm getting out. Well, now you're still not in for the dividend. So you just got to make sure you you have conviction around your strategy. 
Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's super important. Um, and, you know, a couple more questions before we get out of here. We talk a lot about mental health and motivation. Where, where would you say your motivation is at this point in your career? Is it still in uh, building your business or is it more personal? I just came back from the Maldives and that was one of the things on my bucket list. So I was so proud of myself because I finally was doing something that I had on the bucket list. I'm like, how can you have money and not do your own bucket list? Right. <laughs> so I'm really proud of that. I'm I'm still super excited about my company. I'm super excited about helping people learn and trade. And I've gotten clear on who I'm here to help. I want to lower the statistic that says 95% of traders fail. I think that we can lower that statistic. I think more traders can be successful. And I want to take away the stereotype that trading is bad. There's like this negative stereotype sometimes, especially for longer term investors, like traders don't, don't win. I was on a panel in Martha's Vineyard this summer and I was with an institutional guy and then I was there and he tried to make me look, feel and sound so bad because I'm a trader and and he works for the bank and he's like you know I'm gonna win every time and I don't think you guys should do this and just all of this kind of old school stuff and to me I was like okay grandpa <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was kind. Y'all know I was I was nice, but in my head I was thinking you just alienated a whole group of people that are going to trade whether you say so or not. So why not just teach them how to do it more successfully than to tell them don't do it at all? Because our generation is coming up and we know that we can make money from stocks. We've seen it happen. Even if this year the market's kind of been weird, we've seen that you can make money investing. So we just need now better education to in equip all those people that already know investing is okay. Right. No, that's, that's, that's what I'm passionate about right now. That's important. And being passionate, are there anything like books that you read? Um, doesn't have to be around stocks, financial literacy, but just books you read to kind of get you, to keep your mindset and mind frame uh, positive. I have a lot of books coming out by my friends that are cool. So Rachel Rogers has one on We Should All Be Millionaires. I know Amy Porterfield is coming out with a book soon. She had me read it and give my thoughts on it. So honestly, a lot of my friends, I'm just pumping them up because they got really cool books out there. That's amazing. That brings me to this point. I was I went to Invest Fest the first year, and I can't remember. I don't know if it was. I think it might have been Wall Street Trapper. I think. It said, he said, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone, but wealth is. Mm. And that really, that really hit me because there's a lot of times, like, during a pandemic, everyone didn't want to be an entrepreneur, but it's like, maybe starting a business isn't your forte, but investing, anybody can do investing, right? Anybody can invest with the right education, of course, and implementation, execution. But like you said earlier, you can use your nine to five to fund your investment portfolio. Um, so I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, on that quote. Entrepreneurship is hard. I agree with Trap. <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurship is hard. My favorite part, though, about entrepreneurship, especially in the generation that we're in, is the friendships, though. I love building relationships. And, and maybe it's the pastoral part of me. Like, I, I love just going deep with a few people and being able to just like do life together like that's important to me and I want everybody to do well so 
seeing everyone kind of do their thing and oh man chase just called tanya for a for a ad and somebody got dominique over there and just seeing us all glow up like that's so fun but it is hard work it is hard work for sure it's it's even hard work thinking about like system like behind the scenes we're thinking about our systems and our staff and creating organization and structure that is not fun having to tell somebody hey I gotta let you go is is not the best conversation so I'm I'm with him like y'all know soon maybe not tomorrow but soon I'm gonna be like peace to everybody and just go trade and and be under the radar in Greece somewhere but <laughs> until then I'll, I'll keep serving I'll meet you there in about five years <laughs> Come on, we're going to Panama, right? Let's oh, go. go to Panama. I'm with that. Let's go to Panama. Um, two more questions. Uh, how much at this point, how much time a day are you spending on trading compared to when you first started? I still spend about two to three hours. And okay. then because I'm like a contributor for Yahoo Finance and a couple other things now, I have to just stay in the know. So I'll still listen to CNBC, but like today I traded and I would trade like the first couple hours of the day. Usually I wake up, I'm still in bed, but I turn on CNBC and then I look at my portfolio and then I got in and out in like an hour this morning. And then I just checked back a couple of times to see like, did I do it right? I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but back in the day, like when I was first learning, I would I would spend a lot more time. What What I would do is, I would have a few times during the day and then at nighttime, I would spend about two to three hours at night just going through every single stock on my watch list, doing my charting. And that was my big thing. I wanted to be like the best chartist in the nation. And and I mean, I, I don't know because I don't know other chartists, but I feel like I, I've become pretty good just because that was my focus. Mm -hmm. Now I only have to spend a couple hours. So you think starting out, people should spend about four to five hours a day? I'll trade it. Yeah. And if they have to work, I would say schedule a couple times where you can look during the market while it's live and then do your homework at night. Mm, okay. And last but not least, this is Coastline Conversations. We're end with this two part. One, we want to give you this time. Uh, of course, at Coastline, we co-sign you for everything you've done for the community. But we want to give you first an opportunity to maybe co-sign one of your fellow entrepreneurs and friends. Um, and let us know who you co-sign, why you support them, what they're doing. Shout out to Melanin Money. They are, do you know them, KG? I heard, heard? I heard them. Yeah. yeah, they're doing some really cool things. And I know they also had a podcast come out with me recently. And I just, I just really pumped them up. I know one of their big goals in the future is to have this award ceremony for net worth and yeah. really celebrating net worth in the Black community so that they so that we can kind of have something to aspire to other than just like how much you made but how much do you keep that's amazing and i think that's pretty cool that's amazing i gotta i gotta be there one day <laughs> yeah, i'll make the connect I'll, I'll introduce you guys that's amazing and last but not least we always try to leave um with some form of motivation uh or a gym that way you know you can talk directly to our audience and let them know like, hey, this isn't easy, but it's possible. So if you had to give one piece of advice or a motivational a tip or a gem to, you know, our audience, 25 to 40, two to six years entrepreneurship, who's looking and getting to trading and investing, what would you tell that man or woman? 
Hey guys, especially if you've been an investor already and you saw your account go down a little bit, I just want to encourage you that one, you are not alone. Sometimes we suffer in silence and we think that we're the only one that is that has a down account. No, the whole market is down for the year. Whether you have a 401k that's come down a little bit or you were trading and it came down, everyone is feeling the same pain. So you are not alone. Now with that, you can get your money back. First, you're going to have to really take some deep introspective looks at why did I get here? You're going to have to actually go look at your account. Some people are, have just decided, I just don't want to look. I know it's going to be bad. So, but actually take some time to go look at it and then check us out at Trade and Travel, even just on the YouTube. You don't even have to buy anything, but just come check us out on YouTube so we can give you some steps on how to get that money back. Because I don't want you, what I don't want you to do is throw it away and say, I'm never going to invest again. And I have a lot of friends that are like that. They're like, Terry, I lost some. So I'm just not going to do that ever again. That's not it. Investing is going to lead you to wealth, but you got to stay in there. You got to keep going even when it gets tough. For sure. That's, that's well said. I, I definitely appreciate your time. I'm a big fan. I'm watching YouTube as well. I really recommend that y'all follow her on Instagram at Terry Ijeoma Trade and Travel. Um, subscribe to the YouTube if you can't afford the course, but please get the course as well if you're interested in learning. Uh, Terry, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I definitely appreciate you. And this isn't the last time. Like I said, we're going to Panama. So call <laughs> yeah, me. You know, I'll be there. I love to travel, so I'll be there. Okay, I'll definitely keep you in and I appreciate your time and for being on the Coastline Conversations platform. Thank you so thank much. Appreciate it. All right, enjoy your day. Bye. You too. Oh, 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 oh,